Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the 2018 Academy Awards in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super color, fragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? The ceremony ended uh, like a minute ago, if that, and uh, here I am uh, re- reacting to the night, reacting to the wins, the losers, the the snubs, the surprises. And to be honest, I, there aren't a lot of surprises, in my opinion. Um, Shape of Water won Best Picture, and uh, I think that was one of the more popular predictions. Uh, it's the It was the most nominated film this year. It had director pretty much on lock uh, from you know ha- six months ago, give or take. So it was pretty much Shape of Water or Get Out, especially after Get Out won original screenplay. But... I was, I would, I kept hearing people talking about Lady Bird being, and, and saying, you know, well, you know, Greta Gerwig, she's going to have her moment, you know, she's definitely, she's so young, she's going to make a ton more films uh, just uh, better than Lady Bird. I don't know if that's the case, I think Lady Bird's pretty spectacular, but I don't know why that same argument wasn't bandied about for Get Out as well, I think you know, Jordan Peele is very young, and this is his first film, so I don't know why he wouldn't be also able to make a lot more films just as good or better than Get Out, uh, and that's kind of where my head was at. I never really thought Three Billboards could win, uh, so my, you know, I would have loved to see a surprise, maybe Dunkirk uh, win, but no, we got Shape of Water, and I'm not upset about that. Uh, Shape of Water is one of my favorite films of the year. It is in my top 10, so I can't be too disappointed. Uh, it's about, I feel about as happy about Shape of Water as I did about Moonlight, and I was very pleased to see Moonlight win, um, and Shape of Water falls right in that same same line. Uh, it won director. It, it also won best orig- original score for Alexandra Desplat, which is great. Um, it's my second favorite score, I think. Uh, no, it is my fourth favorite score uh, behind uh, War from Behind the Apes and Call Me, Your Name, Call Me By Your Name, which weren't nominated, uh, leaving just Dunkirk ahead of it that was nominated. But again, we kind of all expected Alexandra to spot, and it won Best Production Design, another award it was pro- projected to win. So uh, Shave of Water pretty much went four for four where it was supposed to. Uh, winning three awards, coming in second in total statuettes, was Dunkirk, which won editing, mixing, sound editing, sound mixing, and film editing. Uh, all awards that it was projected to win and did. And uh, that's about it. It, it didn't surprise um, in any of the other categories. It, you know, Nolan didn't get director. They didn't, Hoyt van, Hoyte van Hoytema didn't win cinematography. Uh, it, you know, it, it won where it was supposed to win. Three awards. Uh, and then we had a, qua- a quadruplet of films that won twice. So, three billboards, one actress and supporting actor, as we knew they would, because all the acting awards were uh, completely without any drama. Um, yeah, that, that's what it was expected to win. Uh, Darkest Hour won for Gary Oldman. 
Uh, it also won Best Makeup, which in my opinion was another expected award. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 finally, finally got Roger Deakins his cinematography win, which is so great. Uh, 14 nominations before he finally won one. Uh, totally deserving. The cinematography in Blade Runner is incredible. Uh, I, I think, yeah, he, 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 it's, it's fantastic. It's totally fantastic. Uh, and they all, but perhaps the, I don't even know if I'd really call it a surprise, but Blade Runner won visual effects. I think the heavy favorite, not heavy, but like the light favorite was War for Planet of the Apes, which I'm very disappointed lost. I think the effects in War for Planet of the Apes are, are uh, in a complete tier all by themselves. That being said, Blade Runner 249 definitely has good visual effects. It's, it's, you know, they're better than Star Wars. They're better than Guardians. They're better than Kong Skull Island. Clearly my e an easy number two for me, but maybe the only real surprise of the night, um, in my opinion, I don't know, Coco won Best Animated Feature. Uh, that's They've had their name on that category all year and uh, also won Best Original Song for Remember Me, which I figured was going to happen. Um, I didn't buy the hype for This Is Me uh, or for uh, Mudbound. Uh, I just didn't think they were going to go for that. I think the wrong song was nominated for Call Me By Your Name. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Coco. And then a lot of films that only won once. Um, first off is Phantom Thread, which won costume design. Again, no surprise there. Get Out won original screenplay, which I think was the favorite to win original screenplay. Uh, I'm sure it was a very close vote. I know Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Uh, I'm sure they all have their supporters and uh, Get Out pulled it out. And I'm, I'm very pleased. It's, it's, uh, it wasn't my favorite screenplay. Um, obviously mine was Lady Bird, but uh, Get Out was my number three behind Big Sick as well. Um, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't really call it a surprise because I think the entire category was one of the more up in the air categories of them all. But it, it wasn't. It was good. I'm glad. I'm very happy for Get Out. Uh, call Me Our Name won adapted screenplay. That one was decided a while ago. Uh, Allison Janney won I Tanya's supporting actress. I still think Metcalf is better, but again, all the actors were pre predetermined four months ago. Um, one of the most ple pleasing wins, however, came in foreign language film for I, uh, A Fantastic Woman. Truly, truly, incredibly happy that this film won. Uh, it's not one of my favorites of the year. You know, it's not even in my top like, 20, 25, but I, I do really enjoy this movie, and I really want others to see it. I think it deserves a lot of attention, and I'm very pleased that it, it got this recognition and it beat The Square, which even though in my opinion is a better movie, uh, is is far more um, uh, just uh, less inclusive um, of a film. Uh, best documentary went to Icarus. Uh, I think most people figured that. I know a lot of people wanted Faces Places and uh, Agnes Varda, Varda to win, but um, I think Icarus is just more timely and and kind of had it for a while and obviously Jane wasn't nominated so there was that um, best and then the short films uh, best live action short was The Silent Child uh, 
not what I thought was going to win. I thought it was going to be my nephew Emmett, but uh, Silent Child won, which was um, 72. My second favorite of the shorts. Uh, I liked Watuote, All of Us, better. Documentary short, Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405. Uh, definitely not my favorite of the, of the short documentary films, um, but it, it lands kind of right in the middle for me. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why it won. But and I don't know. But uh, you don't really get that many surprises in the short film category. And then the worst is it? Yeah, the worst film in my opinion that was even nominated for an Oscar this year won for best animated short, and that's Dear Basketball, which I think is just a very bad movie. Uh, but Kobe Bryant is now an Academy Award winning. NBA Hall of Championship winner, basketball player, which is, is I saw somebody say is the uh, only person to only professional basketball player to ever win an Oscar. That seems logical. Uh, yeah, I'm not wasn't a fan. I, I didn't find it that surprising or interesting. I like Garden Party. I like Negative Space. I like Lou, and I like Revolting Rhymes. A lot. I think they're all good, and I think Dear Basketball was the only bad one, so of course it won. This is just bear story all over again. Um, so those are all the winners. 24 uh, Oscars won at the awards, no ties, no missions, none of that stuff. And yeah, it was it was good. The, the, the ceremony itself, on the other hand, you know, that was nice. I think Kimmel did a good job directing. I still don't like the you know, bring in the randos off the street segments, segments, you know, last year he brought random people into the award ceremony. This year he took famous people and went like across the street to a theater to interrupt an early screening of A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, Like you watch them cut out Oprah Winfrey to show, to do this Oscar stunt. And like, fine, I'm sure if I was watching that movie for a moment, I'd be like, oh, this is so cool, Gal Gadot. Army Hammer is firing hot gun or hot dogs into the audience, and I'm getting free candy. Like, all right, fine, but just it really rubbed me the wrong way, and I wish they wouldn't do those segments anymore. On the other hand, you know, plenty of great references and, and moments uh, to talk about. You know, Frances McDormand's speech was incredible. The way she just completely owned it. You know, as much as I wish she hadn't won. Uh, I still, can't, I, you know, got a mad respect for the speech she gave. Uh, she at one point calls on every single nominated woman that to stand up with her, and I thought that was such a great moment. I loved it, and she, you know, she advocated for um, uh, what is the inclusion? She said two words: inclusion rider. Um, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I can explain. It is essentially. Uh, it's a clause in, an, in a contract that requires uh, the cast and crew of a project to be diverse in order to retain said actor. And uh, that is huge. That is a huge thing because I'm sure there are a million, you know, 80, 90% of all projects aren't diverse. And if that is a trend that happens, I am very pleased for what it means in the future filmmaking. I think that's wonderful. Truly, truly wonderful. Um, yeah, a lot of the presenters were really good. Uh, none that I can... I thought Jennifer Lawrence and Jodie Foster did a good job. 
Um, <laughs> and they were very funny with how they talked about Meryl Streep. I, tanya or Tanya Harding, um, Jodie Foster. I thought that was really good. Uh, a lot of the montages I really liked. Uh, instead, of, we didn't do... Um, you know, some years we do, like, a brief, like... Uh, they kind of do all the Best Picture nominees throughout the night. They didn't do that this year. I like it this way. I like it better this way. We got montages of all the performances before all the categories of performances uh, of all the people who had like won or contended in those categories in the past. I loved that. I thought that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it, it just, it was nice. You know, there wasn't outside of, I think the Francis McDormand moment, I, I McDormand moment. I don't think there was anything particularly spectacular about this year. And, you know, I loved seeing Faye and, and Warren read out Best Picture again. That was nice to have them back to do that. I liked that quite a bit. But on the whole, you know, it was very standard. Again, like, very few surprises, which is very disappointing, you know, for... I, I don't know. I, I just... I did... um. Everyone on Fantasy Movie League, they, they, did a, they had a thread, if you haven't seen it or don't uh, play, they had a thread where they had everyone who had seen all the Best Picture nominees rank them. And I took all of those rankings and basically ran them through a simulator that would say, well, if we were the ones voting, who would win? And uh, it was a pretty, pretty overwhelming victory for Lady Bird, which won every single time I ran the simulation from when there were 20 people to ultimately when there were 32 entries uh, on, on the list. Um, it starts out in the lead and never relinquishes it, even though the runner-up changed multiple times throughout the my like tracking this thing uh, it did end up with ladybird ultimately winning the whole thing and uh you know unfortunately ladybird was the biggest loser tonight it was the most nominated film that didn't win it lost picture director actress supporting actress and screenplay which is a shame uh i think it's it's so good but it is greta gerwig i know she'll be back um next year two years three years i don't know I'm sure she'll be back. She's again, they like they said before, she's very young. I'm sure she'll make a lot more movies that are just as well received, if not better. Fingers crossed. Uh, that's a really high bar in my opinion, but fingers crossed. Uh, also going home empty-handed, Mudbound, four nominations, no wins. Uh, the Last Jedi, four nominations, no wins. Baby Driver, three nominations, no wins. Losing all three awards to Dunkirk, interestingly. And then Beauty and the Beast, The Post, and Victorian Abdul going home with no wins out of two. Uh, and then a ton of films that got one nomination and didn't win either. So, a lot of movies. Um, if uh, You know, Shape of Water is the first film since uh, The Artist to win Best Picture without winning a screenplay award. It is the fourth film since 2000 to win uh, Best Picture Without a Screenplay Award. Besides The Artist, that also includes Million Dollar Baby, nominated for Adapted, but did not win. And The Artist was nominated for Original, but did not win. Uh, as well as Gladiator, which was nominated for Original Screenplay, did not win. You'd have to go back to 1997 to find the next pre last film to win Best Picture that wasn't even nominated for, an, for a Screenplay Award, and that's Titanic. 
Um, but before then, you know, it became it was a lot more prevalent, kinda. Uh, you know, English Patient didn't win, Braveheart didn't win, Unforgiven didn't win, Platoon, uh, The Deer Hunter, Rocky, uh, Midnight or Oliver, exclamation point. The Sound of Music wasn't even nominated. My Fair Lady, Lawrence of Arabia, West Side Story, Ben Hur, All the King's Men, Hamlet wasn't even nominated. Gentleman's Agreement, How Green Was My Valley, Rebecca, You Can't Take It With You, The Great Ziegfeld wasn't nominated, Mutiny on the Bounty, and then once you get really old, like Cavalcade, Grand Hotel weren't nominated, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Broadway Melody and Wings both weren't nominated. So uh, it's definitely become much more likely to win your screenplay category and picture, but did not happen this time. Uh, but it won director, and it won saw score and production. So, you know, there was precedent there. It was the most nominated film. Uh, first film since Chicago uh, to win Best Picture with 13 or more nominations. And uh, I think... I don't know what the last film... Because, like, uh, La La Land did not win last year. But I guess not many films get 13 nominations. That's not really a great stat to track. But Curious Case of Benjamin Button didn't win. So there's that. Uh, it makes it... How many is this? It uh, Because Shape of Water won, that means that more than 50% of films with 13 plus nominations win Best Picture. So From Here to Eternity won. Forrest Gump, Shakespeare in Love, Chicago, Shape of Water, All About Even, Titanic, all one Best Picture with 13 or more nominations. La La Land, uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and Mary Poppins all lost with 13 or more nominations. Uh, but that is, I mean, hey, 13 nominations, you're doing something right. Gotta say, you're doing something right. Um, what else we got? Uh, man, um, I'm tired. It's only like eight minutes after midnight, but it's, I'm really tired, but I gotta, gotta record this, getting this out to you guys ASAP. Um, I don't know. There's, you know, it doesn't have the drama of Moonlight winning last year. What a huge win that was. And like I said, I, I'm not, I mean, I guess I'm just going to keep harping on this fact, but like so many, so much of this year's awards ceremony was obvious. You know, all four acting award winners that have won Golden Globe, that won BAFTA, that won SAG, etc. Like they won here too. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that Janney and Rockwell and Oldman and McDormand won. I'm not saying they're not good at what they do. I'm not saying they didn't give good performances. I just think there were better ones this year in three of those four categories. I would have given Rockwell the award too. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I just think it's so boring. And, and not that it can't be boring. I get that. But, I mean, it makes sense, you know. If, if, a, if a performance really was the best performance, everyone would agree on it. And that's kind of what happened this year. But... Excuse me. I know I don't agree on it, and I know a lot of people who don't agree with it. So it, it just puzzles me um, when I think there have been a much more like highly, con much more consensus picks in years past that didn't win all of these awards. So I don't I don't understand where the the disconnect lies. 
I don't I don't know. Um, Shape of Water winning Best Picture uh, is now compared to the rest of the best pictures that I've seen, it is on par as far as what rating I've given it with No Country for Old Men, Million Dollar Baby, Unforgiven, and Kramer versus Kramer. They all have a rating of 89. Uh, which puts it just behind films like The King's Speech, which I definitely need to re-rate. I think that's too high. Uh, Amadeus, The Apartment, and Ben-Hur all have a 90 at the moment. Uh, and then at an 88, you have Moonlight, Titanic, Ordinary People, All About Eve, and You Can't Take It With You. Uh, this marks yet another year um, where the Best Picture winner is not my personal best film. Uh, this year it was War of the Land of the Apes, last year Handmaiden, Mad Max, etc. Uh, the last time Best Picture matched up with my personal best film was 1991, the year I was born, The Silence of the Lambs, which I rated a 98 and is currently my favorite film from 1991. Uh, before that, you would have to go back to... Annie Hall in 77... Um, or you could do The Sting in 73, The Godfather in 72, but it does not happen that often, actually. Bridge on the River Kwai in 57, On the Waterfront 54, The Lost Weekend 45, um, hmm. Uh, well, and then this is an odd one because for me, Casablanca is a 1942 film, but it won Best Picture at in the 1943 Oscars. Uh, so it is kind of my best film, but it's so it's my best film in 1942, but it won Best Picture of the year after that. So it sort of doesn't match up, but it kind of, I don't know. Uh, Gone with the Wind matches up, and it happened one night and All Quiet on the Western Front all match up. So those are the films that are still leading personally uh, that also won Best Picture. Uh, another thing, they did a lot of montages. I love montages about film. I love that kind of stuff. They did one that was a, a salute to the troops, uh, which is nice and all. I'm I, I'm no proponent of, of the armed forces by any stretch. And having seen that montage it was really apparent just how male skewing war movies are i mean obviously that makes sense because you know prior to some i don't know what year it was but prior to so whatever uh almost every soldier ever was like a male so like i get that when you're making world war one world war two movies you're not gonna have a lot of women that are out fighting the war uh, they're all gonna be at home cooking and and fretting over fate of their sons and husbands which I, I fully understand as far as like making the movies true to real life but watching those montages just how many women don't just aren't there there's no women there's like I think you see Jessica Chastain from uh, Zero Dark Thirty and you see Demi Moore but there's really very few uh, I just I don't I just I have no interest in watching another war film that's just about guys. I want, you know, we have been in a current our current con war conflict with Iraq, Afghanistan, etc., the Taliban, for what is it, 16 years now? 
uh, you know, give us some like female driven films. I like like Megan Levy wasn't a great film. It was fine. But like we need more of that shit. And we got to, you know, because we've seen there have been so many war films. And, you know, I say that despite having ranked Dunkirk my number three film this year. But I mean, that was I don't know. It's it's not the reason that film did so well with me is because it wasn't about just like men it was about humans trying to live and uh, you know it, it wasn't you know it's not saving private ryan it's not about individual people you know there's no connections you're making to the characters it doesn't matter who the people were it matters that they were trying to survive and that's kind of what made it such a fresh and unique take on the on that genre whereas uh, you know, when, when, you know, are we ever going to get, you know, we're getting Ocean's 8 this year. Um, not that we have to make, like, Saving Private uh, Lauren, but, you know, can we, can we get, like, I, I just, I don't, I'm not going to be excited for another war film if it doesn't, like, predominantly star women, I don't think. I'll be shocked if I am. I'll, I guess I'll say that. Um, that being said, uh, Coco one best animated feature uh which puts it i think i have that right coco i mean obviously it won but i know i don't have the rating right though which i rated in 88 uh which currently makes it the tour actually in the bottom half of best animated feature winners uh so there have been 17 films to win best animated feature right now and coco ranks as number 11 out of 17. Uh, it comes in ahead of Big Hero 6 and behind Shrek. Uh, other films ahead of it in order, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Wally, Rango, Spirited Away, Finding Nemo, Zootopia, The Incredibles, Inside, The Incredibles, Toy Story 3, and at the top, Inside Out. Uh, going down from Coco, you have Big Hero 6, Ratatouille, Frozen, Up, Brave, and Happy Feet. Uh, similarly to Best Picture, my best animated film doesn't really match up that often. And it's really only matched up... Uh, well, let me sort by year. Um, Zootopia matched up with Zootopia and Inside Out. Uh, matched up with Rango and Toy Story 3. Uh, but then if you look at... Oh, maybe I just sorted it differently. Or did I? Oh no, it's Spirited Away. So Spirited Away counts as a 2001 film for me, but it won the Best of Animated Feature in 2002. So again, a little bit of disconnect there. Finding Nemo and The Incredibles also winning Best Animated Feature and were my favorite animated feature. Moving on to Best Documentary Feature. So it was Icarus this year. Um which got a 75 from me and that means or that puts it I haven't seen most of a lot of the best documentary winners uh, but that puts it towards the bottom of the ones I have seen I thought LA 92 was better it puts it ahead of Man on Wire but behind an Inconvenient Truth my favorite is still Bowling for Columbine which is my favorite documentary of that year and Bowling for Columbine is the is one of the few documentaries that was my favorite film of that entire year. The others being uh, 2012's The Imposter, 1996's Microcosmos, 
and then you'd have to go back to like 1901 to find the other ones. <laughs> it's a it's a very far stretch. Uh, let's see. And then moving on to best foreign language film. So, uh, Fantastic Woman won that with a score of also 75. Uh, and kind of keeps in tradition of a long line of best foreign language film winners that are in the 70s. The Salesman got a 77 from me, Son of Saul, 78, Ida, 73, last four years in a row, something in the 70s. Whereas, you know, in their respective years, I preferred Wild Tales, Victoria, The Handmaiden, Thelma, um, Blue is the Warmest Color, The Hunt. Uh, the last one that I agreed with was A Separation, which I love. I think Separation is incredible. And it also happens to be my favorite film from that year. So three, four, four uh, of my favorite films in the, since 2000 have been Foreign Language, The Handmaiden, A Separation, Pan's Labyrinth, and Amores Peros. Uh, there are a handful of others if you go back further, but it's a lot of foreign language films. The last year that my favorite film was animated is 1998, and that was Mulan. With a 99. Um, what else happened at the Oscars? Anything important? No? Not really. I don't know. There, there was one speech where they were going to play. They started to play them off. And then they realized that the guy was talking about his, his mom who had recently passed. And then the music got cut out. That was fun. I don't know. Fun's probably not the right word. But it was nice. It was, it was, it was nice that they did cut the music out. I always hate when they play people off. It's not like the people who are thanking everyone don't know that they have a limited amount of time. I, I, I don't know why that's so necessary. I did like the jet ski bit that carried through the whole show. I, was, I loved how every everyone kind of referenced it, and I thought that was good, good stuff. Um, the performances, you know, all the original song performances were really good. Coco's was great. Uh, Marshall's was really good, too. The Greatest Showman's was great. Um, maybe even better than the song was in the movie, to be honest. And it was nice. It was nice. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? There was Sandra Bullock who presented... What did she present? She presented cinematography, I want to say. And she uh, she came out and she had the stage crew lower the lights to theoretically de-age her in our eyes. And she caps that off by <laughs> capped it off by saying that uh, it's a good thing. I think she something paraphrasing. It's a good thing that Gal Gadot was not up there with her because it'd be like staring into a mirror, <laughs> which was really funny. I, I thought Sandra Bullock did a great job presenting as well. I'm super excited to see her in Ocean's 8. Um, and she could totally host, too. Although, I don't know, they might stick with Kimmel. He did a good job, solid job. I just... other only thing I really don't like is that they keep doing these let's go visit, let's bring out random people. So, also, I didn't really finish that part of it. So they go to this other theater, they interrupt their movie, they give them food, they give them snacks, they have a hot dog gun, all these stars, etc., Finally, Kimmel pulls somebody off out of the seat, out of their seat, asks them, asks this guy their his name, and then has him present 
uh, announce the next presenters, which I, you know, on the service level, I don't have any issue with this until, so the presenters that he was announcing uh, were Maya Rudolph and Tiffany Haddish. And he, he jumbled Tiffany Haddish's last name like two or three times. Mm, seemed pretty apparent that he didn't know who she was. Which, ugh, whatever. But, like, it's frustrating. Like, uh, that's the problem you run into with involving random people into the award show. Like, they don't understand. They don't know. They don't recognize names. They're not, you know, I don't know if this guy's ever seen Tiffany Haddish in his life. Uh, So, it's very, I don't know, it just really takes you out of the moment and is really a detraction from the ceremony. I was. I don't like it. I don't like it. I want. I don't. I want that. I don't want that anymore. No more. No more. Um. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know. There's some gags that that didn't really pay off. You know, the the Lakeith Stanfield. Early on, I didn't think that was good. I don't know. It felt cheap. Felt it felt it felt cheap to me. And. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. I don't know if any year is ever going to top last year. That's a very, very high bar. But it's just frustrating when you know you go into the night and everything you pretty much expect to win does, and like the biggest surprises come in the foreign language category or like the short film categories. Like that's no fun. I don't need to sit here for four hours to know to you know, discover things already new. And that's kind of disappointing. Um, I'm super happy for Guillermo del Toro for winning director, winning picture. That's amazing. That's so awesome. He totally deserved to win those. Uh, I don't know if they were necess- should have necessarily been for The Shape of Water, in my opinion, but they were. And uh, that's that's how things are. I'm hopeful for a year where we really don't have an idea of what's going to win things, you know, where we get splits throughout the season and and things like that, but I don't know, maybe I'm just, I, I've definitely, ever since, I, I kind of like peaked excitement level uh, when Moonlight won last year, I've gone back and rewatched that that clip dozen times at least. And it's still, it still gets me. It's, I'm still emotional about it. It's still exciting. It's still invigorating. And I just want that feeling back. And then ever since that happened, my, my opinion of the Oscars has just slowly declined. You know, I removed Oscar nominations out of my formulas on my spreadsheet. I don't count them anymore. They don't impact your score, overall score because they're irrelevant. They're absolutely irrelevant. Uh, I, I, just I think that there's so many problems with the Oscars, and uh, I'm just waiting to for them to kind of address them and and fix things. So the Oscars, man, uh, that's I don't know. That's kind of it. There there there's not as much to really go into uh, this year as there was last year. Um, hopefully, you know, we can get some more competitive categories next year. You know, animated film. Uh, and all the acting categories can at least, you know, have two different people potentially win. Uh, you know, that would be nice. We can see, uh, you know, maybe some more diversity, some more 
excitement, just, just excitement. That's what we need, excitement. Things that we don't fully know going in. I, I just, uh, that's all. Less films like Darkest Hour getting like six nominations. We don't need that. That's, we don't need that. Darkest Hour shouldn't have been nominated for picture. Shouldn't have been nominated for production design or cinematography. Three nominations. I'll give it three. But it shouldn't have won actor either. Darkest Hour is a fine movie. It's not, it's not great, but like it's fine and, and, there are so many great movies that didn't even get attention, so it is what it is, and what it will be. Uh, so, Oscar reaction. That's kind of it. Uh, if you have any other questions, uh, or or we just want to talk about the stuff, uh, I'm happy to discuss things with you. You can do that at Twitter, at Circle Film. You can email me, circlefilm at gmail.com, or you can find me on Letterboxd. Um, it's not Circle of Film, though. Which it, I don't know, that kind of breaks things up a little bit, but it's uh, on on Letterboxd, it's Stranger, S T R A N G A H. Um, or there's like links to that on circleoffilm.com, which is my website where you can find all my previous episodes, lots of stuff on the website, circleoffilm.com, past episodes, my current nominees for the 2018 Circle of Film Awards. Check those out there too. And if you want to support the show and myself and what I'm doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash circle of film. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.